Hi, everyone. Welcome back to You've Got Mahi. We are going strong. We're on episode three. I made it. You made it. Alex made it. We are happy to have you. Would like to start with a tiny little housekeeping issue that I would like to take up with Mark Zuckerberg. We'll do this every episode, just like a problem with Mark Zuckerberg. No, I'm just kidding. It's just the one. I posted all of the really fun Oscar stories last Sunday for the Oscars, and I learned a fun new Instagram thing where if you are private and I don't follow you back from the You've Got Mahi account, I can't see any of your DMs or if you tag me in anything. So I'm really sorry if anyone responded to the award show stories and I didn't see it or didn't respond. It's a big bummer of mine. That's like my favorite part of doing the stories is like talking with you guys and with all my friends to hear what they said. So I'm pretty sure the problem can't be fixed. I've spent many, many hours trying to figure it out. I will let you know if anything changes. But all of this is to say, if you are private and follow You've Got Mahi, I didn't see anything that you engaged with regarding the Oscars. I only saw it if you were public. So can all of you guys just not be private on Instagram and just go public so we can like hang out and chat? That'd be great. Thanks. Separate from that, I starting this episode three with... um. Some sad news. Me and my sister and our some of our close friends were really obsessed in the true, like most heartfelt fangirl way. That's the only way I can love anything with a boy band called The Wanted. They were sort of like up and rising at the same time as One Direction. And they had like little boy band feuds. If you don't know the song, you do know the song. Glad You Came is like their biggest song. And it's an absolute smash, as they say. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, we were really riding the One Direction train very um, consistently and loyally, but also we're on the wanted train and they have meant so much to us and we've met them a bunch of times. We would like leave high school and go and drive from San Diego to LAX to wait for their flights to land, hang out with them. And really, really sadly, one of the members passed away by the time this comes out about almost a week ago and... It's just been a really hard day and it feels so weird. Honestly, like if you weren't around me and my sister during high school, it sounds really crazy to say that we were affected by this person so much who's basically a celebrity, but we really were. And they were like the kindest people we've ever met. And they remembered my sister's name, Tom, Tom, who's the singer from the band that passed away, um, remembered Hannah's name and brought her up on stage. And we just have really, really like amazing memories with them. And it just thinking a lot about that today just made me think about how, you know, the things we love and the pop culture things we love are are not frivolous and they really make an imprint on you and they mean something. And so, Tom Parker, we love you so much and we're we're so thankful for all of the the memories um that you have given us. And so, much love to his family and to the Wanted family. I think Hana and I, honestly, not even being dramatic, would be would be different people without um, the influence that The Wanted had on us. So we love them. Moving on, because I honestly can't talk about it for too long without getting emotional. So I mentioned the Oscars stories earlier. God, guys, where do we even begin? Let's just not even get to the slap yet. Let's talk about everything leading up to the slap, aka red carpet and then a 5 p.m. start of the ceremony. Let's just cover until like 8.15, which is when you know, it happened. Okay. Separate from that, I don't even want to think about the slap yet. It was like, I just kept watching it being like, viewership is going down on television. Viewership for live events is going down. 
Last year's Oscars was the lowest viewership in history, which basically every year continues to go down, except this year's like randomly went up. Who knows? But for a program that is so desperate for viewership and like the money and the ad sales and everything is based on viewership, they basically acted like 12 year olds created the programming for the show and wrote the show. And it was just so hard to watch. Like as someone who grew up loving award season and watching them and like memorizing the hosting comedians monologues and all that. I just was like, geez, like what a massive kerplunk. It just like hit with a thud. And it was so awkward, which honestly I think was like part of the, I mean, the slap would have been dramatic no matter what, but I think like there was nothing else to hold on to from the show. And so people are holding on to that. Not that, not that they would be able to hold on to anything else if, even though that happened, but still, so insane they kept like they they took out certain categories and then like the certain members of the community were really offended because they wanted those categories to still be like mentioned and so they like gave the awards before the ceremony started and then cut in clips and put them inside and actually didn't save any time but then they just made it harder for the audience at home watching and probably the audience there because they were like what the fuck is going on like this award isn't even happening and they're just like rolling a clip and like nobody at home knows what's happening because they'll cut to like people presenting and then people accepting the award and everything in the middle is cut so weird from that decision to like them cutting together like clips of the most cheerable movies and it's like a clip from like superhero movies a clip from dream girls like literally nothing cohesive nothing makes sense it looks like a 12 year old created these like art assets for abc to like put on the screen which was just truly shocking to me um and so that part was like all weird. The musical performances were boring as hell. They found a f- song as fun as We Don't Talk About Bruno and legitimately stabbed it to death with the weirdest live performance ever. The song literally went viral on TikTok and was like like broke Spotify records at the end of 2021. And they're like, let's just remix it and take out verses and not even do the parts that people liked. It was truly insane to me and to the point where I'm like, I don't even know. It, it, the Oscars might have even at this point been better without hosts. They hadn't had hosts the last couple of years. It might be better that way because at least you can like pr- not even pretend that there's structure. Like the hosts, Amy Schumer, Regina Hall and Wanda Sykes um, hosted. They had some funny bits, but like it's just so sad to watch it not be as like iconically funny as it used to be. Like I still remember, you know, like Hugh Jackman hosting was fun. I loved um Steve Martin and you know who, Alec Baldwin, when they hosted together, they just, you know, and as uh, fallen from grace as the Golden Globes are, they threw a damn good party and everyone was always entertained if it was Tina and Amy hosting or if it was Ricky Gervais hosting. So they are a racist organization, the HFPA and the Golden Globe Awards, but they knew how to throw a party. But um, anyways, the Oscars definitely apparently couldn't learn anything from that. So the show was like already weird, already boring, already disengaging. The most engaging, absolutely most engaging part was Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet's outfits. They had me jaw on the floor drooling. Timmy like was wearing a cropped like blazer type jacket. And I was just like waiting for scenes for when he would like lift his arms like a little bit higher and he would just see like torso skin. It's too good. And Zendaya looked amazing. And it was truly, they were, they blew me away. And then on the the flip side, there was like Bradley Cooper and Jamie Dornan, currently two of the hottest men in Hollywood, showed up literally looking like 
the craziest bedhead. Like they showed up looking like their toddler was like sitting on their head and then they walked into the award show. Their hair was wild. I was happy Bradley came, even though he didn't get acting nominations. But I'm happy he was there. Um, And Jamie Jordan was just there being cute with his wife. But both of their hairs were like hairs. Both of their hair, their heads of hair were, I don't know, like shuffled. Shuffled is the only word I can use to describe it. I wish they cut to Bradley more often, though. But who they did cut to a good amount was my sweet boy, Andrew Garfield. And like this... He will win, but this wasn't. Tick, tick, boom was not going to be his moment. But you cannot disregard how much work this man put into his Oscars campaign. Between him and Jessica Chastain, they absolutely put their backs into this. They were like, if there is a single thing I can do to ensure I get this award from X date to X date and do this press tour, I will fucking do it. And they were on it. And it was amazing. Jessica Chastain is on TikTok. She's so funny. Andrew Garfield is at like various guild awards that aren't even being televised, but making his way around. He's on, you name a talk show, he's on it. He's hosting it. He's creating it. He's doing a segment. He's all over it. I'm really glad Jessica Chastain won. She's truly striking and amazing. And Andrew too will have his time, but man, can that boy wear a burgundy suit? Oh God, he he wears it amazingly. He should never wear another color. It's truly, truly amazing. But yeah, between... The writing for the hosts, the weird clips. It was already getting weird. The music was getting weird. And then it happens. And I I just like it's I'm so exhausted and like strained and stressed by this conversation. But like, so I don't even know how deep to get into it. But like at the end of the day, violence is never the answer and it is completely inexcusable. But even just watching it live was truly striking. Like if you look down at your phone to look at a text or look at the time, you would have missed it. And you would have already been like, wait, Will Smith is walking back to his seat and Chris Rock is there like mumbling, but they're both muted and so weird. If you didn't watch, what happened was Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith were sitting decently front row because Will was a shoe in to win um, uh, actor in a leading role. They were sitting pretty close to the stage. Chris Raw comes up to present the category. I think like one category, maybe two, but probably one category before Will's category. And they always come up and do their bits. And, you know, like they roast people. And he made a comment about Jada Pinkett Smith basically having a shaved head. And she has alopecia. And, you know, I don't know to what extent Chris did or didn't know that. I think they came out saying that that line was scripted and Chris didn't know about it. But he made a comment about it. Jada rolled her eyes. Will laughed initially and then recognized that his wife was upset. Walked up onto the stage, slapped Chris Rock um, on the face and walked back to his seat. And then from his seat, continued to scream, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth about like one to three times. I think he said it like twice. And then the whole thing was muted on like the American broadcast. Japanese and Australian television went to Twitter and immediately posted the real version. So... Thank you guys for your work. It was immediately muted. And then Kevin Costner came and gave a speech so slow and long that most people on Twitter were like, LOL, that's Will Smith speaking to legal. Um, And that's why Kevin Costner is speaking so slowly so that Will can talk to his lawyer and publicist. Part of me is like, I think that's just how Kevin Costner speaks, which I will listen to until the end of time. Yeah, so that's just like the factual side of what happened. And then Will won and went and made... He was crying. He made a speech that I don't really know what to make of. He kind of compared himself to protecting his family like Richard Williams, who is the role he 
he won for playing Richard Williams. Um, he kind of compared himself to doing anything for his family like Richard Williams did. He apologized to the Academy and his fellow nominees, but not to Chris Rock. A few days post-Oscars now, he has since apologized to Chris Rock. But, you know, the speech was a little um, a little all over the place and confusing and perhaps not the best speech, but perhaps all he could think of within like 15 minutes of assaulting someone. So that happened. And honestly, I think there's so much nuance to this situation. There's so much, there's a lot to be unpacked, like sort of separate from the fact that violence is literally never the answer. I'm curious what will happen and what the repercussions will be for Will. I think it's it's really hard because you you should not be able to do that to somebody in public or ever. But, you know, the history of the Oscars uh, giving awards to people that have arguably done worse things like the likes of Harvey Weinstein and they haven't done anything with with his awards. So I don't know. There are a million sides to every story, but at the same time, there are some aspects of right and wrong. So all I can say is that from my perspective, it truly ruined the show and everyone that I was watching with felt really uneasy and uncomfortable afterwards and it was really hard to go on. And for me, you know, a lot of people were hurt in this situation, but I think one of the hardest and most like negatively impactful takeaways was honestly that there were so many amazing moments from the Oscars that could have gotten really exciting press in this week and the weeks to come that simply won't because of what happened. And so Questlove winning for his documentary Summer of Soul was amazing and he got up there and was so emotional and it was incredible. Um, Coda winning Best Picture was so moving and I love that movie so much. Normally things that I like and things that I actually enjoyed hardly get nominated, let alone win. So it was super exciting. Troy Kotzer, the supporting actor from CODA winning as a deaf man was incredible. He gave a beautiful speech in ASL. So, so many amazing takeaways that can't be taken away or discussed. I would like to talk about CODA more though, honestly. Um, That movie was so beautiful and so gripping to me. And I think that in a world of, you know, really, I love filmmaking just as much as the next person, but I love just like the heartfelt simplicity of that story and how beautiful and personal it was. If you haven't seen it, it's on Apple TV Plus and I highly recommend watching it. It's beautiful. I will also just say though, if you are a Taylor Swift fan, which yes, there will be pods dedicated, episodes dedicated to that too soon. But go watch Coda if you're a Taylor Swift fan and obviously pay attention to all of the plots and every character, all of the all the plot lines. But the subplot line of the high school relationship, go watch that movie and tell me it's not the Taylor Swift song, Betty. The worst thing that I ever did is what I did to you. It's what the boy um, does to the lead to the lead daughter character in Coda. And it's just it's just so beautiful. It's just I mean, Betty is basically a song about like a teenage couple like hurting each other and just not being able to like express it but like also being sorry and that is literally just the subplot line of the high school romance in coda and it's it's so beautiful and it made me like freak out and cry when i when i saw it but that was a really really beautiful moment from the oscars and you know i wish i wish it could have been enjoyed more i also wish that honestly will didn't do that so that he could have enjoyed his own moment more and given like a better speech and given the speech that he wanted to give about his incredible three decade long career i would have loved to hear that but instead i didn't hear that and i heard 
Jacob Elordi present an Oscar with Rachel Zegler. So I don't know. But it it was weird. There was like randomly trying to pull in the millennials. I mean, Zendaya was in Dune, so she was there because of the movie, not necessarily like to pull in millennials. But definitely the the euphoria vibes were like starting to, to free flow. Speaking of Jacob Elordi, though, big fan of the kissing booth here. All of them. But I'm like shocked that he is. I want him to be famous. I want all the young people to be famous. It's fine. But I almost feel like they're getting famous quickly and hitting milestones almost like before it's their time. Like Jacob already already has one of the Vogue house tour videos. And I'm like, if they're grabbing all of these cool things and like cool, like editorial, like wins that are really epic for celebrities, what do what do they have to look forward to if they've done it all when they're like 24 or however old he is? Like he's done that. Like all the girls have done the Vogue makeup and like uh, skincare videos, which don't get me wrong, I love it. And that's who I want to hear from. But it's this interesting thing of like, I don't know, normally and Vogue also has that like classiness that um, is basically like the highest standard of like fashion and editorial and all of that. But so it's like a huge deal for anyone to get it. But it's just interesting that all of these young celebs are basically like hitting all these milestones so much earlier. And maybe Maybe they're not as big of milestones as they used to be for other people. And it's like their milestones moved closer and earlier in their celebrity path. But I just thought it was interesting. I was scrolling on YouTube and it was like, Jacob Lordy takes us through his shoe bop bop. And I was like, already? Also, like, he's already, I guess he's made enough money to buy homes in LA. I don't know. It's wild. But he was there too. And sweet sweet hot boy seemed uh pretty nervous uh, presenting an oscars which is fine i would be too but the oscars are over by the time this episode comes out the grammys will have happened the night before so tune in um they are also to instagram stories that apparently you can't even respond to but i'm gonna try to fix it but grammys will be fun it'll basically be a concert i'm hoping it'll bring us some levity that we couldn't have at the oscars but that'll happen this episode comes out on Monday. The Grammys will be the night before, and then we'll chat about it later. But Oscars are over. Grammys will be fun. I can finally get back to watching my TV shows that I literally haven't been able to watch because for the last two weeks, I've been cramming to watch a bunch of the Oscar-nominated movies. But I'm going hot and heavy into Bridgerton season two. I can't wait. I need to finish Maisel, the new season, and do all the things. And I'm really damn excited to get into my true comfort zone which is uh watching tv and that is where i will rest for the remainder of the time but thanks for listening you guys hope you enjoyed some i don't know this was a deep episode but pop culture can be deep sometimes and it is meaningful to people and it's meaningful to me and a lot of the things we talked about today are super meaningful so Hope it was fun to listen to. Hope you guys, uh, you know, are sparking some interest in different things. Go watch Coda. Go listen to The Wanted. Listen to Glad You Came. Um, We love you so much, Tom Parker. Thanks, everyone. Bye.